Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, episode four of Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Toro, a.k.a. Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck, and I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, my man? What is going on, Dante? I am 401Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, I go by Sheehan, so if you want to call me either Ryan or Sheehan, it works by me. So I'm happy to be here once again, episode four. Got a guest coming on today. And Dante, you want to say who the guest is? Absolutely. We have our very first guest on Chasing Banners. First guest, best guest, Evan. Why don't you just introduce yourself, plug in all your stuff. I want you to include everything you want to say, man. Go for it. All right. Well, uh, honestly, pretty pumped to be called the best guest right off the bat. I know I know you said first guest too, so the competition isn't too thick here, but... Uh, <laughs> Setting the bar high. After this, I promise. All right. Um, so yeah, my name's Ev Ev Singleton. Go by Evan Ev, whatever you want to call me. Uh, my Twitter is Ev Guy Boston. Um, off of that, I started about a little over four years ago. GuyBostonSports.com. Um, just a Boston sports website. We got articles, podcasts. Um, pumped to be collabing with you guys in the podcast game here too. Um, but yeah, I guess that's everything about me. I'm a massive Celtics fan. Uh, I think we probably got. We're filling the glass up with Celtics fandom in this this little trio here. But, uh, yeah. yeah, pumped to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, you have been helping us, like, plug in our podcast, sharing our stuff through social media. I mean, it's only right that you are our first guest with uh, all the help you've given us. And, you know, we're you're a big Celtics fan. I mean, I've been on your podcast before. Yep. I mean, me and Ryan, without – it doesn't have to be said, we're huge Celtics fans. And I know you are just as big of a Celtics fan as we are. So we are just – absolutely pumped to have you on and this is our fourth episode we just keep getting better and better each time and you know every time i say it's like this is gonna be the best episode yet and i'm really (laughs) confident that this this episode is gonna be the best one so enough about the intro let's just jump in to talking about basketball every week ryan every single time every week we say you know next week a week from now we should have more news about the nba returning more news about what's going to happen and Today, I can tell you that we have the most official news you could have. The NBA is returning. The NBA approved of a 22-team format to return on July 31st. The NBA season is coming back. They are coming back with eight regular season games, where basically these teams will be playing for seeding purposes and then a possible playing tournament. So what that means is between the eighth seed and the ninth seed, let's say the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, there'll be a playing tournament. If the eighth seed beats the ninth seed once, the eighth seed is in the playoffs. If the ninth seed beats the eighth seed twice, the ninth seed would be in the playoffs. And there are 16 teams in the Eastern West Conference, but there are 22 teams in total. And that includes the New Orleans Pelicans, the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards. So five teams from the West, extra one extra team from the East. I mean, the East isn't really as strong as the West. Um, these teams are all within six games of the eighth seed. So if you have eight regular season games, you know, there can be a team that goes on an eight nothing run. There could be a team that just goes on, oh, uh, loses all eight games, you know, and that could make a big difference as far as seeding wise goes and stuff like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys what you think about the new format. The NBA season would start on July 31st, and I believe the very last day would be October 12th, even though those dates can kind of be changed depending on, you know, 
what happens. The new season would start on December 1st. I personally, you know, there have been a million ideas being thrown around as whether or not they were just going to do 1-16. to There's going to be a big planned tournament if there are going to be more teams involved. Um, I personally am okay with how they did this because I feel like the eight regular season games is the f- most fair way to do this as far as including teams like reseeding. Um, uh, my biggest thing was I believe these teams that were close to making the playoffs deserved a chance to make the playoffs. Like I didn't, I thought it would be unfair to just jump right back into the playoffs and just leave out teams that were within three or four games even. So I'm pretty happy. I mean, they voted for it. The NBA, uh, the NBPA voted for it, and it was a 29 to one vote. The only team that voted against it was the Portland Trailblazers because they believed that you know there might be a better way of doing it. But 29 other teams uh, okayed it, so obviously that's not an issue. Um, I'm I actually really I'm excited to watch the every eight regular season games. I know Ryan, you mentioned that you know it's probably smarter. There's, this is going to be a training camp, but it's smarter for teams to have these extra few games to kind of shake that rust off, to kind of like, you know, jumping right into the playoffs is a chance that, you know, you don't have to worry about um, injuries. Like, if you jump right into it, players can come back. They can get injured right away if they haven't been training. They haven't been prepared for basketball. So I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on, like, you know, if you think it's it's fair the way they're doing it. And not only that, but if you think, you know, if you don't agree with it, what do you think the NBA could have done opposed to this so ryan i'll let you start i like the format mainly because why why invite the other eight teams that weren't even in the running to begin with so first of all we get that out of the way so there's no extra teams to even go to orlando the second part i like about it is having the eight games that truly is going to help every single team there is it's going to help with rotations it's going to help get the coaching going back again it's going to help getting plays going back again just get all the rust off uh, I also believe I saw that they are allowing three preseason games before they even allow the eight regular season games. So mm-hmm. in total, they're getting 11 games, which is great. And the three preseason is great in itself because before you even get to the main part, which is the eight regular season games, which could really mess with the rankings and everything like that, you're getting a couple playing games in first to really get that rust off. So I think. That one, that one right there, that one factor that they added, I like the most. Just because before you even go into the eight games, you're allowing the rust to get off. Uh, the 22-team format is just perfect. I don't think there's any, any way else of doing it, honestly. Um, and then you also mentioned, so what was that you mentioned about the eighth seed and the, the ninth seed. Could you repeat that real quick? Yeah. So the play-in tournament, will, it would include the number eighth seed and the number nine seed. So if the ninth seed finishes – I'm sorry. I don't know if you could hear that. A card just drove by. Um, <laughs> if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth seed, um, they'd have to beat the eighth seed twice in a play-in tournament to earn a playoff spot. But the eighth seed would only have to beat them once out of two games. And from what I've read, those games would be, um, uh, like, within two days of each other. So it would be, like, a quick, quick thing. It wouldn't be something that would last, like, you know, a few days here and there. It would be a quick plan tournament just to see who would be the eighth seed. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of fair considering that, I mean, you add the eight regular season games, most teams finished around the 67-68 game mark. So you have to think about it. There would still be – six or seven games that would be unplayed so I guess if you're within four games to make it fair 
it would be so, you know, if you're within four games, you have a chance to fight for that eighth seed. Um, Evan, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is fair or do you think there's something else the NBA could have done for this? I think it's, at least for the 22 teams, I think it's the most fair that it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, those uh, remaining teams, the eight teams, I don't think, they're already so far away from it. I don't know what the point. They would just be bringing them there, obviously, amidst a pandemic. God forbid one of the guys on the team that's not even involved in this gets coronavirus, shuts the whole thing down, mm-hmm. or gets injured, whatever. So I think there's no way you can make it like 100% fair. But a 22-team format, to me, the way they did it, they got everyone that has a chance, I guess keyword chance there, um, involved. I, I like the date being pushed back. I saw a lot of people on social media being like, why are they pushing it all the way to July? Like, can't they move that up or can't they start it? Just from like a uh, getting back going alone. I know for me, all of a sudden trying to play basketball again at like the drop of a hat, I'm out of commission for like weeks based on how sore <laughs> I am yeah, and like absolutely. injuries. So, I mean, these guys like Tatum we've seen hasn't touched a ball too often if at all and other guys not working out i mean you got to give them time so i like it i like that there's 22 teams i think it's um it's interesting that there's only one extra eastern conference team and five western conference but i guess that's how it that's how the cookie crumbled right so um but i do think it's fair and i think there's no way to make it no way to make it um perfect there's going to be leftover games on the board um and no matter how you look at it there's going to be some sort of a an asterisk or something next to the season, no matter how you do it. So even if they made the perfect tournament and finished out the season, something weird happened in the middle of it, and it's going to have some sort of a smudge on the the record. But I think they did a good job. I think they thought about it. And uh, I was surprised to hear that 29 teams uh, agreed for it. That seems pretty unanimous. Obviously just one aside, but 29 out of 30 is pretty damn good. Yeah, and, I mean, you kind of touched up on it, Evan, with what you said. But, you know, obviously 22 teams, there are eight teams that were left out. I mean, I'll ask you, Ryan, what you think about it. But, I mean, listen, teams like Cleveland, Atlanta, um, Golden State, teams that – New York, Detroit, teams that are at 20 games, there really is no need for them to come back and even be involved in this. I mean, if none of this happened, those teams would have never even been in consideration. I mean – I'm sure the I'm looking at it right now the Timberwolves. I mean, a lot of these teams are already kind of basically eliminated from playoff contention, anyways. So there was no point of even bringing them back. And kind of like you said, Evan, like I mean, we're at a point right now where it's like you know they're going to be testing players um, after every game. I think they're going to be testing before and after every game. There's no point of bringing these extra players in. God forbid, you know one of them gets sick and it just causes a whole thing as far as, you know, infect, affecting every single team. Like it's better off bringing as less guys as possible. I know they're doing, they're even doing a thing where it's like they, they're not even be able to bring family members in until after the first round. And even then it's only when you like three family members max per person. So it's like the NBA is already doing a pretty, like they're already looking out for as many people being brought into that bubble as possible. Like they're not trying to make it as a, a big of a number as possible. Um, so, I mean, you touched on it, Evan, Ryan. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's not fair that these teams are being left out or what? No, it's completely fair. Like like I said again, like they didn't even really have a, have a chance to begin with. So what is the point in even bringing them there if there's no chance? There's zero chance. Like Golden State Warriors, they were eliminated before it was even – January you know what I mean like they've been out of the the running forever so what is the point in bringing those extra teams 
where, like Evan said, there could be a risk of someone also getting the coronavirus. There's no point. It's completely fair. And all those teams that aren't there, maybe they can figure something out for them. Get a, I, I did see that maybe they could figure out a summer league for those teams that weren't able to come. Yeah, I, 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 I did it, see that It's well. fair. Yeah. It's fair. It's the most fair way of doing it. It really is. Mm-hmm. Why, bring, why bring teams with you if they literally have zero chance of even getting into the playoffs? So it's, it's perfect. They did it the perfect way. Yeah. And, and it's not like it's not like these teams didn't have a chance. You know what I mean? Like we had 60 plus games yeah. of these teams yeah. to like try and be good enough to be here. So it's not like they just picked teams out of a hat and said, all right, these are the 22 teams coming. Like these teams, like you mentioned, the Knicks, the Warriors, all these teams like don't suck in the regular season. And maybe you get your shot when thing when push comes to shove. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I think kinda, it, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Real quick. I think one thing that's interesting about uh the rosters in general there's teams that can't come back right but they're also i i'm kind of switching up topic here a little bit trying to stay on it at the same time but what's interesting about it is like you can still have players come back from injury so they've had all this time to heal up everything like that get to their rosters all that all that stuff all that jazz all those players that were hurt and could return and those teams that aren't going it's too bad for them but the teams that are currently still in there, we already saw a storyline come up. Like one of the best players wouldn't even be coming back, which is Kevin Durant. Yeah. So we're not only talking about like teams that aren't going to be there, but we're also talking about players that, that have the potential to be there, but won't be there due to injury. And Kevin Durant's just one of those guys. So I, I personally thought that was just a silly even thing to even be brought up about Kevin Durant coming back. Kyrie, I, guess, <laughs> I mean, he had his shoulder, shoulder surgery. I, I mean, I understood that more than Kevin Durant. I mean, listen, I mean, I am the biggest Kevin Durant, like not the biggest Kevin Durant fan, but I love, I defend him because people, people give him his shit for going to Golden State, doing his thing. I personally believe, yes, it was a coward move, but he was the best player on the best team two finals MVPs, two championships. We don't have to get into that. But this guy tore his Achilles. Tearing your Achilles is one of the worst injuries a basketball player can endure and even come back from. Anyone I mean, can endure, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I mean, and it's, it's like bad injury. when Achilles injury like that, when that happens, first of all, I mean, he got injured in the Western Conference Finals and then came back and re-injured it. People said it was a cap injury. A lot, of, I mean, realistically, that could have just been an Achilles injury. He rushed back and then re-injured it and just made it worse. So I thought it was kind of stupid to even think that this guy would rush back for eight regular season games. Right. And I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to say anything bad with the Nets or Kevin Durant, but like, listen, they would have ended up having to play the Bucks or the Raptors, and I, they weren't going to beat either of those teams. Like Kevin Durant hadn't played a single game with that team, so you're telling me he's just going to jump right in and it's just going to be, you know. Uh, flowers and dandies like it's not just gonna work out like you think it's, I mean it's Kevin Durant like I'm not don't get me wrong like I think Kevin Durant is one of the most like the best naturally gifted scorer in NBA history like he's a seven foot guy that can pull up from 30 40 feet like it's nothing like he's a fantastic player but at the same time coming back from an injury like this like I don't think he's ever going to be back to being 100% like I think he's going to be around the 80 90% range like his style of play he's an iso player he can shoot he can score. I mean he's not he doesn't really rely on driving his athletic ability as much as someone like let's say Russell Westbrook I'm just throwing that name out there um but so I feel like he'll still be effective 
But just coming back for those eight games and then the playoffs just to lose in the first round, I mean, like, Nets fans can say, oh, no, they wouldn't lose in the first round. But, but I mean, they probably lose in the first round, right? So I think that was kind of a stupid thing to even get brought up. Um, I mean, Evan, if you want to jump on that, you are more than welcome to. That's yeah, my I mean, that's about it. I, I, I'm with you, too. Like, I just don't see the point. Like, you mentioned they might not even make it out of the first round. They're sure as hell not going to win the championship with that team. So, I mean – if it's it's if if you're coming back from an injury like that and you have you know sort of hey my my nets debut or kevin durant's debut for the nets type of thing you want to roll him out when you have a shot at winning a championship you roll him out at the start of a future season and say hey new season new us you don't say hey team let's throw in kevin durant and uh see what happens and then poof all of a sudden his achilles rolls up his leg again which it's just that would be horrible because, honestly, like, he does that again, and you mentioned him not coming back and to 100%, come back to 80%. You do it again. You come back too early and do it again. Not only is he now probably physically never going to be able to get it back to even 80%, now all of a sudden he's thinking, every time I put on my basketball shoes, my Achilles is going to, like, tear. So I think that there's it's, it, it just makes sense. Wait it out. Don't play. It's still this season. If you weren't going to play this season, just set it out. Let your team hopefully do as well as they can without you, and then – um, him and Kyrie, they can have their little hoorah dance and try and win a championship in a future year. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see what happens between them. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I personally like. Listen, I said I'm the big. I'm, I'm a huge KD guy. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, I'm, I'm all for his talent as yeah. a teammate. I, I don't know if I can say the same. So they can do their thing. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you <laughs> want to jump in on that too. Yeah, I didn't expect Kevin Durant to come up, come back at all. Like, I, I just thought it was a good point to bring up because it's good conversation considering it is Kevin Durant, but everyone who knows basketball, watches basketball, all that stuff should have known that Kevin Durant was never going to come back this season, even with this going on. Uh, Funny thing about Kyrie is I did see the report the other day saying that he expects to be at the sideline when the games are happening. Um, We have seen him say he does expect to do something and doesn't follow through on it. Just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> hey, listen, man, you don't have you're preaching to the choir. Listen, I bought tickets. I bought tickets this past season for when the Nets were coming to Boston, right? Mm. And you know, he didn't play that game. You know, at least the guy could have showed up. At least. Like, I mean, this Boston mm-hmm. crowd was chanting, Kyrie sucks. Where is Kyrie? We beat them that game. Like, yeah, it was a great atmosphere to be part of, but like you know, this guy didn't even bother showing up. Like, he I has a like consistent that. track record for not showing up for his old team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like, even in Cleveland. I, I don't even think he played against Cleveland that much either. And the first, the only, I'm pretty sure the only game he played was the very first game of the season because that was the game Gordon Hayward got hurt because that was against Cleveland. Right, right. Now, after that, I'm pretty sure he didn't even go to Cleveland. No, he did. He actually did. He played on the night they played – uh, the Cavaliers on Paul Pierce retirement night, and they got blown out by like go. thirty plus. So that was the other time. We don't have to talk about that. That's fine. I was um, there. It was a tough time. So let's stay. Let's stick on track with the Celtics here. So I mean, we talked about the NBA. Um, as far as the NBA, uh, the teams are training, blah blah blah. This is actually pretty cool because I, Jalen. So I'm going to go up. Jalen Rose says he believes that the Boston Celtics should walk into the NBA Finals. He believes they have a very, very good chance of going to the NBA Finals because you have to look at it this way. All right, so we're in Orlando. Boston Celtics, in a seven-game series, 
they don't have to go to Philadelphia for three of those four games. If it goes to seven, let's say it goes to seven games. They don't have to go to Philadelphia for three of those games. Toronto, I mean, I mean, for any NBA team, Toronto is a vicious place to play. That is one of the hardest places to go and play, especially in a seven-game series. And Milwaukee, the Celtics get to avoid all of that, and we get to play the neutral site. You can say this for any team because it's obviously neutral site for every team. Jalen Rose believes that this format and the way they're doing it benefits the Celtics a lot. And Mike Greenberg also uh, works for ESPN on the get-up. He believes, you know, there's going to be a few back-to-back games being played. I mentioned how the season starts July 31st, and it'll probably end around October 12th. Give or take, they might, be, they might move around a few days here and there. But there's going to be a lot of games that are going to be played within, like, close to each other. There's going to be teams that play back-to-back games. The NBA Finals, I read, they're going to at least do it every other day. So it's like a schedule like that really benefits a team that has young guys that are, have fresh legs they benefit guys that are, you know, like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker isn't like – he's not young, but he's not old. He's in his – he's like 28, 29, He's right? in the middle of his prime. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this benefit seems that – and you have to look at it like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James. I mean, I, I, I forget LeBron James. LeBron James turns into a whole <laughs> other monster in the playoffs. But like guys like Kawhi Leonard, let's say load management, guys like that that are coming off of uh, maybe an injury that you've been nursing – that affects teams like that more than it would affect teams that are younger and that are ready to go. So, I mean, listen, we're all Celtics fans here. When it comes to talking about the Celtics, I try to stay as unbiased as possible. I personally believe, I mean, they've beaten every top team in the league this year, except for the Houston Rockets, who we lost to in overtime. They've beaten every team, every top team this year. And if we're at a neutral zone, I mean, I think the NBA, I think the Celtics, I mean, not that I'm saying they're going to walk into the playoffs mm-hmm. like Jalen Rose might have said, but I don't, think, I don't think people should underestimate the Celtics as much as they might be. I mean, the Celtics have the fourth, fifth best record in the NBA this year. I mean, it's nothing, that's not something to take lightly. You know what I mean? So I think, I mean, my confidence level is like, you know, I'm, I, I've always loved this team. Listen, if the Celtics from 2018 without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward made the Eastern Conference Finals, if the Celtics, that was the number one seed with Isaiah Thomas, made the Eastern Conference Finals, this team, I mean, given the, the, the competition's a little bit tougher, this team is miles better than those teams. I mean, yeah, Toronto, Milwaukee, teams like that are going to be tough to face. But, I mean, listen, I think the Celtics have a very good shot at making the finals. If you, I mean, if you guys want to jump out, Ryan, you can go. That's first. all you, Evan. I was waiting for Evan. <laughs> you go first. I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think that I had, obviously, and we probably talked about it when you came on uh, my show too, Dante, but we had confidence in this team before this format. We had confidence Absolutely. when they did have to um, potentially go and play in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia, and so on and so forth. The fact that they now have a situation where if you were to say, hey, this basketball league, or what age does this this benefit? You're going to have to play multiple times, um, probably every other day. You're not going to have to play in uh, other teams' home court advantages. Like that is suited for inexperienced, and not that I'm calling these guys inexperienced, but relatively speaking, Tatum and Brown can be considered inexperienced to LeBron, Kawhi type of thing. But that that is suited for young inexperienced um players that you know probably wouldn't play as well on the road as they would in their home court advantage i think that finally we get an opportunity to see um 
Tatum versus Simmons without any of these sort of abstract um, peripherals going on with crowd noise and everything. We're just going to see who the better player is. And I'd put Tatum up there with almost any of the superstars right now based on how he's been playing. Same thing with Jalen Brown. He's right there too. There's no, I guess for the lack of a better term, there's no noise. It's going to be skill-based. And in the NBA, it's one of those sports where a 22, 23-year-old can be just as good as a 32-year-old um, on any given night. And I think that that's like a, honestly, a depiction of the Celtics too. They can be any team on any given night. And this just puts all of the odds that would be against them. It kind of suppresses them just a little bit. I have to agree with you guys. I totally believe in this team. If they do end up matched up with Milwaukee, it will be a test. It probably will go seven games. It's it's going to be a bloodbath, if anything. If they're both in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to go all the way. But I do have confidence in this team. The thing that we have been able to see this year out of Jason Tatum and also Jalen Brown is they're starting to finally realize the kind of players that they are. Jason Tatum is starting to realize that he is a young superstar coming up in this league. If he looks around him, there's not a lot of other names that people talk about. And one of them is his teammate. So if those guys get on a run and the deadly duo comes out in the playoffs and all hell breaks loose, I don't see anyone stopping the Celtics. The chemistry is what really makes the Celtics the Celtics. And mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're going to see. It's, it's really going to be a game of chemistry when it comes up uh, to, to the playoffs. And, and yeah, kind of jumping off of that, I mean, there was actually a tweet that came up yesterday um, and today it was been on Twitter. It says, in the upcoming NBA playoffs, Jason Tatum, he has the opportunity to join some pretty elite ranks in terms of most playoff points before turning 23. And Jason Tatum is at number 12 on that scoring list. And there's, you know, I can Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant, just name a few players ahead of him. And people are, you know, they're kind of saying that to me, like, oh, Jason Tatum can do this and that. People, you have to look at the list. Jalen Brown is number nine. I mean, he can't go up that list anymore because he's not – I mean, he's 23 now, so he can't, like, yeah. go up that list. But, like, both of these guys have – I mean, the one year that Kyrie wasn't there, Gordon Hayward wasn't there, these guys were number one and two. Jason Tatum was a rookie. Jalen Brown was a sophomore. Last year, even with Kyrie, Jalen Brown, I mean, Jason Tatum didn't have the best series, but, like, uh, the best playoff. But Jalen Brown was one of the best players for our team. Like, those two guys know what it takes to at least get to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, these guys have been through, like, they've been through that and they had to play with someone like Kyrie. They've had to play some tough teams. And I mean, I think these two guys, I mean, they're ready to go. I mean, Kemba Walker, when he was in Charlotte, I mean, he's been in two different playoff series and in both series he lost in the first round. Like this guy really hasn't had much of a chance to show himself, to prove himself in the playoffs. And now that he's on a team like the Celtics with this group of guys, Kemba Walker, I mean, he was born. He was born for the bright lights. And when he was at UConn, I mean, we don't even have to bring up UConn. We know oh, yeah. how good of a player he was at UConn. I mean, all this guy really wanted was an opportunity to make the playoffs consistency, consistently, excuse me, and, you know, be Kemba Walker, be Cardiac Kemba. And now that he's on this team, that's what we're going to see. And I think that, you know, Kemba Walker was kind of hurt before all this happened. He kind of, his knee, he was kind of nursing a knee injury. So kind of going back to the injury uh, part that we were talking about earlier, Kemba Walker's had time to recover and kind of get back to full strength. I mean, we haven't really heard much news about it, but, you know, I'd have to assume that three months after all this is over, he's at least gotten a little healthier. You know what I mean? For the bare minimum. 
So, I mean, listen, like I said, I'm not trying to be here and hype up the Celtics and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the finals like that. But, listen, I, I don't think people should be underestimating them as much as they might be. I, th- I mean, I, I think they have a good chance as just as well as any team, at least in the East, to make the finals. And yeah, kind of, 100%. I mean, and with uh, the Celtics, I mean, this affects the Celtics well. The NBA actually said that players on two-way contracts are allowed to come to Orlando and play with the team. And I didn't get to read the article, but something I saw was Tremont Waters is actually a player that the Celtics might consider to bring onto the team and help them uh, be on the team when they're in Orlando. So, I mean, what are your guys? I mean, I'm a huge Tremont Waters fan personally. I mean, he's from New Haven. He's from uh, right where, around where I am. Um, so he's, I mean, I, whenever he played for the Celtics this year, he was on a two-way contract. One of the best G League players there was this year. And whenever he played on the regular season for the Celtics, he just – he was just great for us. So I think he would be a huge help. But, I mean, what do you guys uh, What do you guys think? I mean, would you be happy about bringing someone like Tremont Waters? I mean, even in, how about Taco Fall? I mean, you can throw his name in there. I mean, would you guys think bringing someone up like that would be smart? Or do you think you know, they should just keep it the way it is? Uh, well, with Tremont Waters, there is something that we consistently talk about, Dante, and you probably have consistently talked about it with Evan, is the bench really – really is our weakest point and we really really need someone to come off the bench and be that spark it's usually marcus smart but with everything that went on this year with all the injuries he ended up turning into a starter so when we lost him for the bench we lost all the energy now if Tremont waters wants to come in and he wants to play like he did in the g league this year which he was one of the best players in the g league by far then be my guest i would love to have him on this team i love his energy The one thing I love about him the most is his energy. Tommy Heinsohn points it out all the time. I mean, like, I he points out everything, you know, Tommy (laughs) Heinsohn. But he he literally the one thing that he really notices about him is his energy. And if he wants to bring that energy off the bench, and it's going to be a huge help to us, it really will be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you kind of touched on it too. Like, you're not going to get any worse by bringing Tremont Waters in or giving Tremont Waters a chance. Like, and he does something. Um, And I think he actually, to to be honest, I think they might've gotten, now we haven't seen Carson Edwards' full potential, or I guess we did see him drop like a million points in that summer league game or preseason game or whatever. But Tremont Waters, yes, there you go. So, so, I mean, maybe that is his potential. And sure, if that's the Carson Edwards we get, then I'd rather him. But Tremont Waters seems to be more of like, I'd say more of a facilitator, more of a guy that can also get to the hoop. He's one of those little guys that can go and score. Um, I don't think it would hurt. Like I would 100% throw in Tremont Waters every game and just see if he does anything. And then if he doesn't, then you say, okay, crap, let's throw in Brad Wanamaker. And then you're already back to square one though. <laughs> I mean, give, give Tremont a chance. And then if he stinks, sure he might. He's a young kid, played G League all year. Then you say, okay, whatever. We're back to where we were anyways. We'll put Brad in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tremont Waters, I mean, to me, he reminds me of a whole ton of uh, Shane Larkin when he was on the team a few years ago. He was kind of like a guy that, you know, he doesn't have to play 15, 20 minutes a night. He's a guy that you can kind of throw in at the end of each quarter, at the start of the fourth quarter, just kind of, you know, if the team's down, just kind of like as a spark plug. I mean, Tremont Waters isn't a guy that you can count like, hey, Tremont, we're down 15. We need you to score 10 or 15 or so points to bring us back in the game. Like, he's not that type of player. He's a great all-around player. He's a great energy guy. He's someone that can, you know, just comes in and just gets the team going. I mean, he, he's done that. I mean, I, for, I, I, I forget the exact game it was, but I remember there was a game that he came in 
and we were down by a good amount. And by the time he subbed out, his plus minus, I mean, people can judge the plus minus statistic as much as they want, but he had a plus minus of like plus 20. Like, I mean, that shows that like he came in and he made an impact. You know what I mean? It's just like sometimes every team needs someone like that. I mean, for the bench for Celtics, Marcus Smart usually is that energy guy, something like that. But like you said, Ryan, like all year, the Celtics have been faced with injuries. And unfortunately, our bench suffered because of it, because Marcus Smart had to get moved from the bench to the starting lineup. So it kind of leaves us with that hole. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully we don't have to worry about any injuries this postseason. But even like you said, Evan, even, even just adding him to the team, it doesn't hurt us. It's not, right. it's not going to do anything but uh, to, to then make us better in that sense. I mean, will it make us a million times better? Will it turn us from an Eastern Conference contender to a finals contender? I don't know about that. But it will make us, in a way, better. It'll, make us, it'll give us more depth in that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking about guys that could come in and benefit the team. I mean, Tremont Waters kind of coming in being a plug-in guy. And this might be this might not be someone that would come and help us now, like these regular season games in the playoffs. But I mean, listen, there's been this this rumor. I put it in quotations. This rumor that was going on. I noticed it and I put it on my account. It's kind of been something that's been talked about in the past. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is open to a return to the Boston Celtics. I mean, this has kind of been something that people have been talking about since he even got traded from the team in 2017. Um, I, I obviously, I mean, it goes without saying Isaiah Thomas was just such a fan favorite in Boston. Everyone, I mean, I still have my, my Isaiah Thomas jersey hanging up in my room. Like that was one of the very first, him and Marcus Smart were the two first like actual jerseys I ever bought. Like, cause Isaiah Thomas, one of my all time favorite players, probably one of my favorite Celtics of all time. Um, it might not be something like I said, the quote unquote rumors, like we don't know how true this is. He has said in the past, he holds no grudges against Danny Ainge. He holds no grudges against the organization as far as, you know, trading him. I mean, did Kyrie Irving work out for us? No. But when you look at that trade, it was, it was a trade that you're not going to pass up on. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, he had a really bad hip injury. Um, and we traded just a few role players for Kyrie Irving, who was an NBA champion. I mean, and Kyrie Irving, I mean, the talent, I mean, Kyrie Irving is one of the most talented guards that we've ever seen in NBA history. I mean, that's how I personally feel about him. So that's something that they had to do. But, you know, like I said, Isaiah Thomas is open to a return to the Celtics. I mean, although it wouldn't happen, at least I don't think it would happen within, you know, this season. Would you guys be open to Isaiah Thomas coming back on the team in the future? I mean, I don't think, I think he's past the point where, I mean, we're we're not going to see MVP it anymore like he's not going to be the guy putting up 29 points a game obviously how i look at isaiah thomas is a guy that would be able to like i said everyone loves him he'd be a great locker room guy he'd be a great uh guy to have around the young guys just someone that could lift uh be a morale boost for the team i mean they have they already are as happy as can be like this team loves playing with each other but adding someone like it in there could just make it that much better so even though i don't think he would contribute too much on the court if it's if we asked him to, hey, listen, Isaiah Thomas, we want to throw you in there and just get us some buckets. I do think he could do that. I think he would have to earn those minutes and the chance to do that. But I just kind of want to hear what you guys think. I mean, even though this thing has been, you know, been talked about for a while now, like Ryan, like how would you be open to bringing Isaiah Thomas back to Boston? 
I would be open to bring him back. It's almost what you just said, actually, what he would be. He would be a good guy to have in a locker room. He's a veteran guy, so he can teach him. And I'll, he's just he's just going to bring scoring off the bench. I, I believe he could bring still bring that energy that he once had when he was in Boston. I don't know if it will be the same exact way, but maybe he'll come with a different energy. Maybe we'll see him change up how he plays, changes up how he really goes about it. So it, it's not like we're going to see MVP Isaiah Thomas again, but we could see sixth man Isaiah Thomas again, which could be a big boost to this Celtics bench. I mean, I don't see him coming back this season. I don't think Danny Ainge really wants to mess with, mess with what he has right now. But exactly. if he were to come back next year, yeah, I'd bring him back 100%. I've wanted him back since that trade happened, like you just said. I realized that, yeah, we got Kyrie Irving, but – in in the long haul, we lost Isaiah Thomas, which was like one of the worst days being a Celtics fan, honestly. But Bro, I would before, I would bring him back. I believe I believe Boston is where he belongs. I believe Boston is home for him. And honestly, I never could see him in another uniform once he put that uniform on. I really couldn't. And that's really what I thought was going to be Isaiah Thomas was that love story that finally came together and they had all that. But. Yeah, I would, I would 100% bring him back. And before I ask you, Evan, what your opinion is, I mean, coming off of you, Sachin, like that day, I, I mean, I mentioned, like getting Kyrie Irving, I mean, it's a trade that Danny Age would probably do a million times over, right? Dude, when I read that tweet, when I found out that that was going down, like my heart would literally shatter. Like Isaiah Thomas, like, is literally one of my favorite players. I mean, listen. The guy's less than six feet. The guy's averaging 30 points a game. The guy led the Celtics to the number one seed, was fifth in MVP voting. Like, Brett left back that, to the team. Dude, like, there's no one. When he, when he got traded to Boston, I remember being in the parking lot for Supercuts, getting a haircut. And I remember reading tweets saying that the Celtics traded Marcus Thornton for Isaiah Thomas. And I was just like, damn, okay, let's see what this, let's see how this goes. The Celtics were in no contention of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. As a sixth man, Isaiah Thomas came in and the Celtics made, uh, they made the playoffs that year. Granted, they got absolutely obliterated in the first round. But listen, it's just the fact that they weren't supposed to be there. But Isaiah Thomas came in and gave that team that hope that, hey, I'm going to bring that winning culture back. I mean, the Celtics, that was after they traded Pierce and Garnett. They were kind of in rebuilding years. So it's like Isaiah Thomas came in and was like, listen, like we're done losing. Like I'm going to make sure that this team is back to winning. So Isaiah Thomas just means so much to this team. He means so much to the fan. He was only in Boston for two and a half years, but it's like he was there for 10 years. Like it's just for the culture, for the fans. Like it's just something that we need to see. And, and Evan, I want, I want to know what you think about this. Yeah. I mean, it, I am a huge, huge Isaiah Thomas fan. I even have this, I got his little like character thing. It was from the, uh, the Cavs. Oh, I love so that. I tried so to, cool. I tried to repaint it. I did give up because it was a lot harder than I thought. But nonetheless, the effort was originally there. But um, no, you, you I love it. And that, that's going to be good for people listening. They can really grasp that. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, love, I, I love Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I, he's meant so much for me. He's like partially the reason why I'm so passionate about doing sports media podcasts, writing and all that. He just made it so fun. And like you said, Dante, they were supposed to be rebuilding. Isaiah Thomas was just a, a move to make a move at, at the trade deadline. And then he comes in suits up and i believe they played i want to say like they played the lakers his first game comes he in the lakers and he got ejected yep. he got ejected his very first game i remember staying up to watch that yep. and the celtics lost 
But I was like, damn, this guy shows hard. He showed something that yeah. game that no Celtic had showed in years. His first play, I think he like intercepted a pass or whatever and went down, had a breakaway layup, and he got pumped afterwards. And I was like, yeah. Oh. Let, let, yeah. let's go like I don't think I've said let's go about the Celtics yeah. in a uh-huh. while like come on now um and I just remember watching that I remember how much he did and I liked him uh in college and then on the Kings too and then even a little bit on the Suns and I remember that trade deadline hoping because I believe it was him and Goran Dragic were not getting along or something might have been him and Bledsoe yeah. actually it's yeah. mm-hmm. one, of the, one of those other guards they weren't getting along and they were looking to move one of them and I was like I mean, I would take it. And then I saw, like you said, give him Marcus Thornton. I was like, uh, sign me up. But I would totally take him back. I think I remember one day earlier this year, I tweeted out something in regards to coming back. And I must have hit Wizards Twitter with stride or something because they're like, you're an idiot Boston fan. He's not the same Isaiah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I understand he's not the same Isaiah, but this Isaiah still averaged more points than Brad Wanamaker, Semi Ojale, and Javante Green combined. Like, he's yeah. – he's, yeah. Similar to what I said about Traymond Waters, you don't get worse by bringing him in. He's not going to look for his superstar role, his superstar minutes. He's a human too. He understands the story. He understands what he'd be doing. So I'm all for bringing him back in. And I'm not expecting a 30-point-per-game Isaiah Thomas. I'm expecting a guy that, one, we know he's clutch regardless of his level of play. He's been in big spots before and he's made big shots. And um, a guy that can just be productive out there we've seen the Celtics go to the bench so many times this year and it just goes downhill and it's almost like they can't catch up to themselves or they can't catch their feet I don't think that that would be the same with Isaiah Thomas so to your point who knows if it happens this year or who knows if he'd help this year right he wouldn't help this year probably but future seasons bring him back I feel like if he was here all season though this team would have been absolutely perfect for him I just feel like he fits this team perfectly because we we are missing again we are missing that one guy off the bench who could come in and make an instant impact and Isaiah Thomas wouldn't just make an impact basketball perspective wise like just his mentality just when he steps on the court it's a whole new level of play that you got to stand up to so if he was on this team what are you going to do? Even if Marcus Smart was still on the bench, you have Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas coming off the yeah. bench. And if everyone was healthy, like the, the possibilities are endless with that team. Yeah. Like if he, he should have been here all along, like it's, it's, it's true. Like he's better than Brad Wanamaker. He's better than, than some of the guys we've put out there. I just feel like he should have been here all along. It's, 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 it's his home. And to, to the people, to to, and to the people like that are saying he's not as good as he once was. Like that's a uh, no-brainer. But I don't think he's as bad as people think he is now. Yeah. In fact, he's yeah. been a guy that you say, "Hey, you can't do this," and he goes and proves you wrong. Literally, that is his whole yep. story of his career with the pick me and, last and again line. That, it's crazy. Yeah. and you have to think about it too. It's like since he's left Boston, he's kind of been in situations that he might not have want to been in. Yeah, uh, or you want to be in. Like, if he comes back to Boston, kind of going off what you said earlier, Evan, like, his role isn't to come in and score to be MVP Isaiah Thomas. If he comes back, he knows that his role isn't going to be what it used to be. He knows his role isn't going to be as a starter, as a guy that, you know, we might throw in there, we're counting on him to do this and that. Like, whatever, if he comes back, he'll be accepting of any role he has. And, like, I mean, I'm not to be mean against guys like Brad Wanmaker, like Javante Green, but, like, man like even if he doesn't play that much like that's someone i'd still want on my team and this team like that a young team him and jalen brown always they're always going back and forth they're boys like i mean like that's someone that you just want on your team and and danny Ainge, listen man i don't know if you listen to chasing banners i mean this is a good time as any to listen 
But if you are, man, like, listen, you got three guys right here that are advocating for Isaiah Thomas to come back. And I can tell you right now, I can think I, there are probably <laughs> thousands of other fans that would want the same exact thing. So if you're listening, Danny, bring Isaiah Thomas home because he might not be like he used to, but if he comes back to Boston, he that that's it. That it, it, that's it's, it'll just be perfect. It, Boston is Isaiah Thomas's home, and this is where he belongs. And I, I just want him back. Uh, that I just want him back. That's Danny all, Ainge, that's all I have to say with that. Danny Ainge, if you have the cojones, you do it. <laughs> just do it, man. Don't care. Don't worry. I'm about telling you, say, do oh, it. He, he's short. He can't play defense. Yeah, he was short and couldn't play defense when he was in Boston a few years ago. And we were still the number one seed, and he was number fifth in MVP voting. So don't listen to that garbage. All right, this guy's gonna come back. He'll do his thing. Just as a Thomas, we want you back. Huge inside scoop from Sheehan here. I say do it. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> Yo, you hear, it, heard it, it here down. first on Ch- it Chasing down, Banners. Sign Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Evan, do you want to you say anything else uh, regarding Isaiah Thomas there? Uh, I would say you heard it here second or third, however you want to look at it. <laughs> Bring back Isaiah Thomas. We're all in agreement here. We all want Isaiah Thomas back. Um, if, if, I mean, if you agree with us, I mean, listen, I know there are plenty of people that want the same thing. So uh, I feel like that's a great point. Uh, Sheehan. Go right ahead, man. I was just—I was gonna say, keep going. I was gonna wait until you ended talking. I wanted to bring oh, up okay. one more point. No, you bring it up, man. You oh, right all right. Ahead. So I was just gonna bring up with like—I just thought about this with COVID and everything going on, and like the season getting pushed back. Do you guys believe that that we will see the new schedule change that we have been long awaiting for for years? You know, not just starting in October, but maybe even pushing it to Christmas Day and pushing it into the summer. Or do you see a shortened schedule? Like, do you guys see something coming out of this? Because I believe that after this season, we're not going to see the same NBA schedule anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to catch up to just even timeline wise, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can't you can't start in December and just because it's either you're going to start too early or too late this year or whatever. You kind of right. it's obviously got to follow the pattern. So, Janchik, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if we see some sort of a change. I don't know exactly what the change would be but i mean it wouldn't shock me one bit and you have to think about it this way too it's not just the nba i mean look at the mlb usually they start they start spring training in march april they usually start the season the season would be like months in at this point Mm -hmm. i mean right now i should be at a boston red sox game right (laughs) um so it's like a lot of these sports in nhl too nfl is really the only major sport that hasn't really been affected by it since their season ended right before all this stuff happened so there are going to be a lot of leagues that are going to have to, you know, adjust their schedule as far as, you know, when they start, when they finish. The NBA said they're planning on their season starting December 1st. That date can be pushed back. I mean, I think Christmas Day probably would be a fantastic day to start a new season because everyone watches basketball on Christmas Day. That's really what's on. They have like five games on that day. It's like everyone watches NBA basketball on Christmas Day. That's just what it is. So I feel like that would be a great day. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would just be tough to kind of just bring it back to what it used to be, especially, like, the longer you wait and the longer you push mm-hmm. it back, the more unlikely it is that it ever goes back to being to being what it was before, Ryan. Yeah, I, I just can't see it happening. It's just 
all the factors put into place. You got to think about summer league. You got to think about the NBA draft, the lottery, everything that they do in the off season, you need at least three months to do. Like they end their season in June and then they start back again, late September, basically. So like it's, I just can't, see that going back to what it was. I can't see the the NBA going back from October to June. I see it like going like, like like Christmas day, Christmas day would be the the time for me where it would start. It just, it's the most sense and it would go until the end of summer. So I, that's just, I, that's what I see coming or I see a reducing the games. I don't know what number they would pick, but I don't see 82 games happening anymore. I personally am not a favorite. I'm not a fan of reducing games. And the reason why I say that is because of historical context. So it's like, let's say players have these records, these regular season game records. And now going forward, you cut, you cut it by even five games. You're limiting these players of being able to break those records or even putting up stats similar to what we've seen in the past. It just kind of messes up how the NBA has always been. Um, But as far as, you know, like, if the NBA wants to get the schedule back to normal, it, w- it wouldn't, it wouldn't take a year. It would take, it would probably take a few years. Like if they slowly brought it back or the season earlier yeah. each year, like I can see them maybe doing something like that. But personally, I think just with everything going on with these other major sports, it's just, this just might be how it might be for the time being at least. Right. And, and Evan, I don't know if you want to add anything else there, but I mean, yeah, it wouldn't it, – like, I would just say – and, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I don't think it can – you know, all of a sudden you flick the switch and say, all right, we're back to normal. Not this season, but next year we'll be back to normal. It's got to be, you know, you bump it back a month or a half a month or something just to mm-hmm. to keep it, like, so it's not a huge change, but also exactly. enough change that within, a, say, two or three years we're back to, um, you know, like you said, or uh, late September start or when things get going, that type of thing. So – I, I don't know if I don't know if it's ever going to be the same though, because they have a couple roads to pick. They can do that. They can try and bump it back or bump it up a couple of years in a row, or they can say, okay, there's been a huge development in the the story of or the history of the league. Let's try and pick what we're going to do moving forward, and let's try and stick to it just to try and get the wheels back on the wagon as soon as possible. So I don't I I don't know what's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of a change. Yeah, I think we can all agree that we're living in some uh, some crazy times right now. <laughs> and a lot of uncertainty as far as the future. So every at this point, it's just all speculation. Like we're just saying these things as a as a hypothetical. Like we, we who knows who knows what the NBA is going to do. Who knows what the uh, the MLB or the NHL is going to do. It's just you know, it, it's one of these things. It's I mean, it's a time that we're living in that we've never been through before. So it's like every we're just we're just learning how to take things in stride, and we're just taking it day by day. I mean, the NBA it took them almost three months to figure out a schedule to come back to the NBA just to, to resume the season. Like, I mean, I mean, God bless Adam Silver. I mean, Ryan, me and you have talked about it before. We think he's the best commissioner in all Love sports. Adam I mean, Silver. He did, he did a fantastic job handling all of this. Um, but that's just for this season. Who knows what, you know, who knows how he'll handle the next few seasons going forward as far as when we'll be back, all this stuff. So, yeah, Ryan, I'm happy you brought that up because that was actually a, a very interesting topic to talk about. So I feel like that is a great place for us to leave off on this episode between Isaiah Thomas. We want, obviously, us, all three of us want Isaiah Thomas to come back <laughs> and are speculating of what we think is going to happen in the future. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that was episode four of Chasing Banners. This was, I mean, I, I, I mean, all three of us, I mean, we just bounced off each other so well. I mean, we 
we're all big Celtics fans. We love talking about this stuff. This is what we love to do. I think this was a fantastic episode. Evan, thank you so much for coming on. And like, like I said earlier, like, thank you for just like me and Ryan, just getting this, the ball rolling, helping us with this podcast. Like you just, you've helped us so much, man. You go yeah, ahead and say what you much. want. You plug in all your stuff, but I just want you to know how, how thankful we are. Well, of course you don't need to thank me. I think we're just scratching the surface in terms of, us working together and getting going and um, definitely putting out some more content uh, between the three of us too. But um, yeah, pleasure being on here. I love the show. I love the, uh, the, the chemistry and everything that you guys have. And I'm glad I was able to come in and not be the uh, absolute third wheel. I probably, probably was to the, <laughs> no, the, the loyal not, listeners so far, but um, either way, um, thanks very much for coming and uh, for bringing me on, I guess. And um, anyone that wants to follow me, um, Ev guy Boston on Twitter, and, you know, anything else I'm working on, you can pretty much find through there. So, um, yeah, like I said, we're just scratching the surface, guys. So anyone that uh, enjoyed this episode, um, I'll definitely have you guys on my show. And we'll be doing a lot more together uh, moving forward. So shout out to us. For sure. And, you know, now is the time. I mean, like, one more thing before that, like, there's no sports, like, going on right now. Like, we're just kind of talking about, like, these news, like, these breaking news topics and just coming up with different things to talk about. Once sports come back... Once the Celtics are back, we'll, we'll have so much more content. We'll have so much more stuff to talk about. So, obviously, we're all excited for that. But uh, my name's Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Chasing Banners. We're coming out with a new episode every Monday, every week. We're coming out with a new episode. This is the fourth episode, the best episode. Evan, first guest, best guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Ryan, close us out. Plug in your stuff and let's send it home, baby. I am Ryan Sheehan. Hello. <laughs> I go by Sheehan. Uh, you can find me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, that's really it. That's my only place right now. So, I mean, Evan, you got something to say. I know you kind of plugged your stuff there, but any last thoughts? No, nah, other than, you know, Dante, like you said, we don't, we're, we're, we're not even talking true Celtics. It's just breaking news. Absolutely. One thing, we're going to close this out. Ryan, me and you, we have another podcast in the works. Yes. I'm not yes. <laughs> This is our Celtics podcast, but me and Ryan have an NBA podcast where it's just going to be all NBA topics called Hoops Caviar. If the, the name kind of sounds familiar, it's sounds I, based, I named it it's based off of <laughs> if you have Spotify, if you heard a rap caviar, it's basically meaning the best rap playlist there is. They Hoops took caviar. it from Dante. Yeah. <laughs> Hoops Caviar, the best basketball podcast there is. Me and Ryan are going to be starting that up soon. If you love this, you're going to love that even more. So I just wanted to put that in there. Just be on the lookout for that. Ryan, send us home, baby. Thank you guys so much again for joining our show. One thing that we know for certain is that we'll be back next week. And we Absolutely. love all of you guys. We love all of our listeners. So go Celtics, baby. One we love, love it. Go Celtics. Thanks, guys.